Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here with Joe Kerr, and we are coming to you with part two of an important series. For those of you who were with us last time, we talked about home invasion, the rise of surveillance society with Eric Barger, who is widely recognized in the area of Christian apologetics and discernment ministries. He's the leader of Take a Stand Ministries. You may have heard him on Jan Markell's Understanding the Times program, where he's often one of the co-hosts there. And so today we're bringing him back for another part because the first part is so uh, powerful and so packed with information. We simply could not get it all in, and we want to bring more to you. So, Eric, welcome back to A View from the Wall. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Yes. Well, last time we talked a lot about just an overview of some of the technologies that are uh, invading our society and even our homes and some of the impact that's having. Let's start off with just a quick review, if we could. What are some of the things that are happening today that we should be aware of, and how did you get interested in this to begin with? Well, I, I originally had read some materials that I thought just looked pretty far out, maybe conspiratorial, and kind of put it aside. And uh, I went to a conference in the late 2017, took a picture with my cell phone, and about three weeks later, Google sent me the picture back. And they were advertising to me with it. They were saying, see, we're keeping your pictures for safekeeping, and they wanted me to join a photo service they have. Oh, my goodness. And that was stunning to me because I realized that somebody besides me is able to see those pictures. Now, if that was an algorithm that did it, and it probably was, then it's still available to the actual people behind the algorithms because algorithms don't create themselves. And so it, it was like a wake-up. And then it happened again. Uh, and it's happened several times since then. And that began me down the trail of saying, look, I gave up this information to Google. I didn't realize it. You know, we're so in such a hurry to leave the store with our brand new phone or tablet that we just say yes to the terms and conditions without knowing what we've done. And I didn't realize I'd given them the right to my contact list and all my emails, my phone calls, you know, my location, all those things, and much, much more as outlined in the last program. Right. And so that was a wake-up call for me, and that began me down this road that I'm now on for the last two years. Well, we have a lot of positives when it comes to the technology that we use today in our phones and our tablets, as you've talked about, uh, GPS, for example, being able to locate the things that we need quickly or even by voice. But those technologies often come with the negative side as well. We passed through those terms and conditions, like you said, but now we're starting to see some of the negative results from that. So as we talk again about this topic today, share some of those concerns you're seeing and maybe some things that we need to be aware of as we tackle technology from a Christian perspective. Well, the folks are always asking, well, what should I do about this? I've got an Android phone and you know, now I'm already hooked onto the services and I tell them, look, I am too. Uh, there are services they offer that that I have to replace somehow because they have become such a part of, of my life and my everyday work habits and so on. But I think each one of us has to decide where is the limit as far as our privacy and our own security of our, of our information? Where is that limit for each of us? I can't make that decision for every listener, every viewer of the documentary and so on. I can't do that. But I have to give them information that then they can make the decision of how far they will go. One thing I can tell you is I think we all ought to be weary of the tech companies. And I love some of the technology. You know, I, I hear people out there just going, oh, come on. 
I love some of the technology, some of very ingenious technology, both in the the uh, the platforms such as Android, etc., uh, and also the apps that we use. And it, it is some of the very fantastic. But we have to be thinking about we are giving up something to be able to use that. These apps aren't free, and we are the ones paying for them by our information being used as an advertising device that has put $138 billion into Google's coffers last year alone. And uh, some 55 or 60 million, billion, not million, billion in Facebook's hands. And it's all about advertising. And uh, our free speech uh, gets in the way, uh, or should I say, free speech gets in the way of, of what these folks want. They, they don't like the idea of free speech. Free speech is only good if it agrees with the left-wing ideology of people like Mark Zuckerberg and others who are in charge of these companies. And they, they have made this very clear. I mean, they, they have said these things very openly. Zuckerberg, in, a, in his uh, commencement speech that he gave at Harvard in 2017, called for a $1,000 per person universal income. If you want something more liberal than that, I really don't know how you can find it. And so that's the people who are in control. And that, to me, this very small, elite group of people who are in control of what we're able to see and hear. And something I think that needs to be said is that Google, if they do have their thumb on the scale of the way the pre-programmed and biased algorithms use and the way we, we use them, then we, we trust that what we're hearing or what we're reading in the search results is correct. But could it be that many sites are being left out because we have searched for something that the powers that be at Google have decided that they don't want to actually list or, or index in the searches? I think we can absolutely say that is the case. And remember that any culture who is not able to understand all the truth that's going on, all the facts and details from every side, even that which people want to call politically incorrect, they're never going to be able to make accurate and true decisions. And that's why we need to have all the facts, even some of it that might be ugly to us, things that I would disagree with, things that most of the listeners right, left, right now listening to us would disagree with. But we, we deserve to have all the facts, just not the stuff that's homogenized by the tech companies because it doesn't fit their particular ideologies. Just to clarify, I know the answer to this because you and I have discussed it off air, but I want to make sure that our listeners get this because it's so critical as a part of what you're talking about. You're saying that these machines that we have in our homes, our phones and these things, at some point, it's not just that they're reacting to what we say. They're giving us the information we ask for. You're saying that there is that point where it becomes possible for their subtle suggestions to begin to influence us. They're not just merely responding to us or selling products. They're actually trying to influence and direct our ideology, our political persuasions, even our religious beliefs. Is that what you're saying? I, I would have to say that. And of course, it, this is all in general terms, but I'll give you a specific. Uh, there was a TV producer that once produced the Oprah Winfrey Hour. And uh, he searched with his Google Home Assistant and asked the Google Home Assistant, Google, who is Jesus? And the Google Home Assistant could not answer his question. Now, it could answer who Buddha was. It could answer all kinds of other questions of uh, people about people from history and about religious figures, but it couldn't answer who Jesus was. Somebody has done this purposely. Somebody at Google, we don't know who, but somebody has adjusted their algorithms 
to ignore that question. And now, of course, they have fixed it, by the way. But uh, once that made it the Internet and they got a couple million views, it became an issue. And certainly I would have had my best programmer fixing that problem immediately. So the media could never accuse me of being so biased. But that's the way it was at one point. Now, about the searches themselves, um, we don't know exactly which site may be censored and how it's censored. But we know that uh, so-called shadow banning is existing and going on. And it's happening in our searches. It's happening in the, the things that we try to find online. And it's happening, of course, in the, the way the questions are answered, too. Uh, usually, uh, if you ask Alexa a question and you have an Amazon Echo, uh, it goes to Wikipedia and answers the question. Well, Wikipedia isn't exactly the most formidable site on the Internet full of facts. Because Wikipedia is edited by the users. And who knows who might say what in those answers. And so I just say once again, uh, we should go beyond just what we might get in any search result. I, I've, by the way, I've decided to change search engines. Uh, I no longer use Google as a search engine, even though they have about 93% of the searches in the world. They don't have mine anymore, and I'm getting just as good a service from a very independent search engine that does not keep any of my user information or the things I've searched for after I'm done. One of those search engines is DuckDuckGo. And that's all one word, duck, duck, like a duck in the water, duck, duck, go. And uh, it seems to be doing exactly what it was created to do. And it was created uh, because those who have put this together were tired of of the uh, invasive nature of what Google had been doing. And I think uh, even though I certainly have nothing to hide, I'm I'm sure the listeners listening, uh, hopefully all of them, but most of them have nothing to hide. That's not the issue. The issue is privacy. The issue is security, and uh, we're not getting that by using the most used search engine in the world, which is Google. Well, that's such a good way to put it. It's not just an issue of trying to hide something. It's about our privacy. It's about our security as individuals. And as Americans, we take that very seriously. And as Christians, we take that seriously as well when we talk about our religious freedom. When we come back, we'll talk more about this with Eric Barger, the Rise of Surveillance Society and Home Evasion. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. How many words does it take to say something truly important? The government's policy on the pricing of cabbage has more than 15,000 words, but are many words necessary? The Ten Commandments has less than 300 words. The 23rd Psalm has 118 words. The Lord's Prayer, 56. You don't need many words to have a powerful witness. Jesus said to Andrew, come and see. The blind man in John 9 said, I don't know much, but I once was blind and now I see. It's your passion and your testimony that make for a powerful witness. Visit imawatchman.com for witnessing resources and don't underestimate the power of a simple, direct friend. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. imawatchman.com
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Bros along with Joe Kerr. And we've been talking with Eric Barger about the rise of surveillance society in his new DVD series, Home Invasion. I want to start off with a quote for you that shows how significant this is today. In the book, World Without Mind, we read, we're not just merging with the machines. We're merging with the companies that operate those machines, that run those machines. And so they're able to impose their values onto us through them. I think this is significant, Eric, as we continue our discussion, that it's not just us getting this unbiased response from a computer when we speak to Alexa or we use Siri or we type something into a search engine. It's something much more uh, prevalent that's going on that has some limitations regarding the responses we get. Tell us a little bit about how this works. Well, these companies uh, obviously are led by particular ideologies, and they've made that very clear. Even though they don't want to make that their public base, uh, it's it's maybe more than uh, just what you assume they are, if you research long enough, you begin to realize uh, how blatantly ultra-left-wing these companies are. And so you are definitely going to see their bias show up in not just the search results and uh, maybe not in the everyday using of, of uh, uh, for example, the Google search engine, but it's going to show up because some of the things they don't want you to see become deranked. It's, it's a fact that if you're not on the first or maybe even second page of search results, which is usually 10 on each page, 10 results, if you're anywhere beyond that, you are lost in time. You don't exist. And if they can derank those things that they disagree with or, or uh, new services uh, like Breitbart, for example, uh, they love to pick on Breitbart, so I'll use that as an example because they, they have had this ongoing fight with Breitbart, and if they can derank pages from Breitbart or all of Breitbart, they'll do it. And the same is true with anybody else who is speaking um, viewpoints that they disagree with. They see this as a way to shape the thought of the world. This is why we have their uh, one of their engineers being quoted as saying by a whistleblower that they would never allow an election like Donald Trump in 2016 to ever happen again. They know that they can help control the mindset of people. And it's done with the way the searches come up, the way that that uh, they are indexed and so on. We have to see that. Plus, hey, remember this. If we are aiding and abetting with somebody like Google, now I realize it's my, my little spot over here that doesn't make any difference to Google, but if a lot of us decide we're not going to use that search engine, then their ability to be able to sell advertising is going to begin to go down. And uh, it's not that I think I'm hurting Google somehow by doing it, I've just got a conviction that, that I've decided I'm not going to plug into these companies and allow them to use my, my, uh, who I am, uh, my user information, uh, without a fight. I've already turned off the location on my phone. I leave it off all the time unless I have to use maps. That's the only time I've got it on. And it's, again, not because I, I'm afraid somebody will know where I am. That's not the issue. The issue is I know how they're using that information. And I've decided that I'm going to stop looking at email on my phone and all kinds of other things because they're able then to see those things. Texting, using weather on our phones, um, Weatherbug, the company that owns that, they have 70 million users every month and they sell the location information for every one of those users. That's how that company makes their money. They made a wonderful app and it has a great service. But remember, we uh, when we log on there, we become the actual product. 
And I think, as Joe said a few minutes ago, that's really important to remember. It's taken you several years to compile all this, Eric. And I think we talked about this at Jan Markell's conference just recently, that everything is accelerating, like birth pangs with a woman in labor. As things get closer, as that time for birth is closer, the pains increase, the time between pains shortens, and it just becomes more intense. Do you see that happening with all of this technology, all of this invasive technology, all the information gathering? Is there an agenda here, and do you see it increasing? I don't know about an actual agenda. I I think maybe we could say that uh, Communist China has an agenda, and some others probably also. But there certainly is an exponential rise in the technology, and uh, I can't keep up with it. There's no way that any one of us can keep up with all the prophetic events that are going on around us and how the how the news events and the world events fit into Bible prophecy. It's happening so fast, and that's something a lot of us have said for a long time. Even if I had a, a big research staff, uh, there's no way to keep up with it. And I can tell you this. Um, there were some extenuating circumstances because of health in my family that I wasn't able to finish the documentary last year, but I thought I'd be done about a year ago. And part of the reason I'm not is because things came along that made me rethink uh, some of the material I'd already shot. And I had to take some things out that weren't, they, they, it wasn't as important as the new things happening have become because more information has come out, especially about the, the left wing slant of these companies and about the way that they're intrusive in the way that they, they uh, uh, look at their users. And so I've had to reshoot things and rethink things, and this could go on forever. There has to come a point in time where I say enough is enough, and I'm all, I'm almost there finally in the editing process of, of finishing this thing. But uh, uh, so many working pieces and parts, and I'm going to put it together in such a way that people will be able to uh, discern for, uh, each part of the video and what's in it so they can uh, pull up to it really quick and show it to their friends or family or whatever, and they won't have to search through the whole thing to use the um, documentation I've come across. And I have footnoted so many things, both in my writing and in the video, that uh, it's almost ad nauseum with all the footnotes. Right. Well, I'm glad that in your DVD series that you're putting together, you have some of these recommendations on advice that you have for Christians, because I think we need that kind of input, somebody to tell us, these are the things to look out for. These are some things to consider. So when we come back for our final segment, we want to take some time to look at some applications as well as some implications for those who are watchmen in our world today. Stick with us here for our final segment on A View from the Wall. The I Am A Watchman ministry is supported by people just like you so that we can continue in our call to encourage, disciple, educate, and bring people from all tribes and tongues into a right relationship with Jesus. The I Am A Watchman ministry desires to reach the lost, encourage and equip believers, and prepare for the return of the Lord. There's a great need to share truth and disciple believers. Most in the Western world are not strong in their faith. Billions in Africa and India and in Arab and Asian regions are lost or persecuted for their faith. We want to reach them and equip them. Our vision is to facilitate the multiplication of godly leaders, watchmen around the world. Free I Am A Watchman resources have been accessed by individuals in more than 160 countries, but there's so much more to do. Please consider becoming a prayer and financial partner in this good work. Visit IamAWatchman.com to find out how.
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. And in our final segment, Joe and I are talking with Eric Barger about home invasion, the rise of surveillance society. Uh, All of this information we've been talking about kind of comes to this big conclusion that we want to bring to you in this final time together. So, Eric, why don't we just dive right in? Tell us basically what should we conclude looking at the rise of technology in our world today and some of the concerns about it? How should we act and how should we live as Christians in light of this? Well, I think we should live soberly, and of course Peter makes that statement as he's saying what we how we should live as well. But uh, when you're seeing all the things we're seeing right now, it, it, to me, the Christian who doesn't understand that prophecy is being fulfilled around them, and that what we're talking about when we talk about technology is a key in some of the prophecy being fulfilled, and the future, of course, uh, future prophecies as well. So this is happening all around us. We need to be aware of these things. A lot of Christians have been trained in our churches, very sadly, and I think it's all the result of the, the modern church growth movement of the last 30 years. Totally, the pastors only tell them nice, pleasant things and don't really challenge them about these things. And pastors have been schooled and told to stay away from things like Satan and demons and hell and judgment and, of course, Bible prophecy, the big negative. Whereas prophecy, though, isn't a negative. I I believe it's a gift from God. God has given this to us that we would understand the times that we live in, and then we would know how to respond to those days. Uh, We see prophetic events taking place, and how tragic it is, guys, that we live in a day when prophecy is being fulfilled like no other time, and yet, with maybe maybe the exception of Jesus' time, but but yet the church doesn't even realize because they're not hearing about these things enough or maybe even at all from the pulpit. Uh, We're in a time where we're watching these things, and and I believe we're closer than a lot of us could ever imagine. Us who search the scriptures and who look at the events of the day, we see it differently, and we understand what's happening, at least to a certain extent. We don't have all the dates and times and places and names of how it will all unfold at the very end of the end times, but we're watching the the signs happen all around us. And I said in the first program, there is one uh, particular scripture that I believe could never take place until the day we're in. And it is a very famous passage, especially in Bible prophecy. Revelation 13, verse 7 says it was given to him that is the Antichrist to make war with the saints and overcome them, and all power is given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now that's what every dictator in history has dreamed about having was power over everyone around him, including the other nations. That could never have happened in Hitler's day. It could never have happened in in the, the day thirty years ago. But today, because of the system of surveillance that's being built around the world, I'm giving away the main point of the documentary right now for you. Because of what's being built around us, it can happen today. I believe through the surveillance that's being built, which, of course, there's lots of different tentacles we haven't talked about, such as uh, embedded microchips and uh, the satellite technologies and all those things. But I believe Antichrist will have at his disposal the ability to be able to control all kindred tongues and nations only because of this technology. And again, it isn't the technology that's evil, but it is how it is being used now and will be used in the end. And that's, I think we're at the first time in history when we can say that any dictator could ever control all kindred tongues and nations. And I underscore all because when the Bible says all, especially in that context, it doesn't mean some, it means all. And we should be aware of that. 
Eric, I love that you made the point that there's room for both our technology and our theology. As Christians, we don't have to run and hide in the closet. We're actively involved in our society. Paul said, steadfast, unmoving, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we should be active in that. And as we go to close, thank you so much for sharing all of this information and for watchers and listeners for staying with us through the whole thing. This is a message that watchmen need as they watch and warn. How do they apply all of this and not live in a paranoid and desperate way? You know, Joe, one of the constant prayers I have is, God, as I walk into a situation or a circumstance or just as I go about my daily life, God, protect protect me from those who would who would want to stop what we do, who would, who would want to, to cause a halt to the work that we're trying to accomplish for you, what you've led us to do. So protect me and blind the eyes of those who want to stop me. Uh, God can certainly do that. And that's one, been one of my prayers. I know it's the prayer of the people who live behind, uh, you know, in, in, in countries that they can't leave, like China, behind walls. I know that's the prayer of the saints there, that they want to be able to operate and give the message of the gospel out and do so. And even though that it might be, there might be a fear factor involved with it, that God can quell that fear and give us strength and security and supernaturally help us in those times. And it's just the way I've lived my life. Um, I, I can't be in fear for telling people the truth. And I'm I'm going to use technology. I don't like exactly think we ought to just run in headlong. And I've said that, of course, throughout these, these programs. We just shouldn't go about it that we just do whatever we want willy-nilly without understanding some of the consequences. I want to be wise in doing it, but I, I can't back off. And I do know the Internet is a fabulous way not only to share truth, but also to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can share truth about what's going on in our culture and uh, that's one thing, but boy, the gospel message has got to be spread. And uh, if there's any single message that uh, the world and those who are under Satan's control are going to be against, it is the unadulterated, pure gospel message. And the church should be about doing that in our time, giving the gospel message out and doing so fearlessly, knowing that God is with them. And if he's with us, who could be against us? That's a great reminder. If he is for us, who could be against us? Well, Eric, in the moments that we have left, tell us a little bit about how we can get a copy of this for those who are listening right now. Well, anybody who's pre-ordered, I immediately send them, uh, and they can do that, by the way, at ericbarger.com, but I can send them uh, the links to all of the segments of the video that we have finished online, and they can have access to that. And I'll continue putting the new segments up until the project is finished, and I will leave them there so that those who pre-order will have access to those to be able to, to uh, use and share and so on with other people. Uh, they also get two booklets, and they also get the downloads of those two booklets, well, and just the paper booklets as well. So uh, that whole thing, which would be three DVDs and two booklets, is $30 plus shipping, and they can get that at ericbarger.com, and we'll fill the order immediately by sending them the email with all the links so they can begin watching. And we've got about over half of the um, documentaries up online already. Oh, great. I'm glad you mentioned that. You don't have to wait to get access to some of the online material now. You can go to ericbarger.com and go ahead and pre-order and get some of that even today. So we're appreciative so much of you sharing your time with us, your expertise with us, and we look forward to hearing more about this project as it gets completed in the days ahead. Eric, thank you for being with us on A View from the Wall. And for those who've been listening, please continue to pray and support our efforts and continue to stay with us as we bring you more guests sharing about the end times and about how we can get involved in being watchmen on the wall. 
A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.